You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Distance edition. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob, and I'm Tom, aka Babu Frick. Yeah, I, I like your. Uh, you come in with these clever names into these. Uh, uh, they're not Skype sessions. They're what, but they're from afar. Uh, you use an alias. Are you uh, being monitored by police at all? Yes, I am. Oh no shit! <laughs> Do you the think FBI are after me? Has do you think your office is ever monitored because of uh, your profession? Yes, one hundred percent. No shit. I know. I know for a fact. So fucking That's crooked out here. Ice has shown up. Um, so people come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does ice show up to to grill you guys or to drag people out? To drag people out, but we protect the people that they're trying to drag out. No shit. Yeah, they've come. Uh, do yeah. you have any? As a person that works in that field, do you want to give uh, any advice to potential listeners on their rights? I mean, I, won't, I don't want to talk about rights because that can get you in trouble. But I think if you are an American citizen, particularly one that uh, is more on the Bob Patrick Tom scale of mm. whiteness, mm. go yeah. use your fucking privilege to defend people that don't have that same ability to. But what's that mean though? Like put my camera on so there's no mistreatment or does that mean I, I, I jump in the, in the, in the way of an ice agent? I think it could be both. No shit. I mean, we do, we've done that before in my office. I'm like, you're not coming in here. And, and, but I guess what I'm, I'm used to dealing with cops who will just push me aside or tell me I'm under arrest. Uh, it, it, what jurisdiction, like what, what can an ice agent do to me if I say, nah, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. Come back with a fucking warrant. Okay. Where's the warrant? Where's the warrant? Is always good advice. I like and, that. Uh, Tom brings up a good point. Uh, I said rights. Uh, people that know your rights or carry those cards that tell you your the, about your rights, uh, it only works if the police officer's camera is on. <laughs> that's right. the only te- yeah. It's the only time your rights apply, uh, and that's a sad fact. But uh, don't get your head split open uh, reciting your rights uh, to people. Um, and best of luck to everybody. Okay, uh, we are uh, we, we are at a distance. Uh, where's everybody at? I'm at my mother's house in Albany, New York. In my house. 
at my apartment in Queens. No shit. And how was everybody's holiday? So nice. good. How was yours? Nothing, nothing to report here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, start with yours. Start with yours, Patrick. Then we'll, we'll uh, slip. Okay. Uh, on Christmas Eve, I had uh, dinner with my aunt, my mother, and my sister. Uh, realized that I don't like any of them. Uh, and (laughs) no, I realized that, um, people that interrupt each other and speak loudly, uh, and I know that sounds like a high irony coming from me, um, it is, uh, uh, it's, 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 it was too much for me so much so that the next day when there was an actual family event, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, Insta story, or I'm going to Insta live with my uh, friends on the internet because uh, g- g- going out into the uh, real world where people talk at full volume is a bit much for me. Well, so quick, quick question for both of you: Have you found that people from New York, New Jersey, you know, the the Northeast, will interrupt each other and talk over each other more than other parts of the country, or is that just everybody? No, I think that's more than just the Northeast. Okay. I, I think, I think honestly, and this is, uh, again, this is a, a rough thing to say coming from me who interrupts often. And, and, and when I, when I am around truly educated people, mm. uh, and, and some of that is a class divide, I have to imagine, and nobody likes to talk about that, but 100%. Uh, when people who are truly educated, they they tend not to interrupt each other and there's a thoughtfulness that seems to uh, come off of their, their uh, forehead as they're listening. And I would like to get there. However, it's not my uh, uh, natural orientation. And it is also uh, uh, once you're in a habit, (laughs) it can be hard to break out of. Like, would we lose listeners if we didn't interrupt each other? If we figured out how to be smarter and to speak and to talk and then to catch the cues? In over at distance, it's very hard. Uh, in person, man, it, we we have a hard time with it. But I think it makes it feel more natural. But maybe that's just because we're all you know, mill brow. It it does make it sound more natural for sure. Uh, but the, the, the flip side is that there's, there's actually less editing for me. (laughs) So, uh, I appreciate interrupting because, uh, anytime that like I listen to a number of podcasts that are done via devices like Skype or the one that we're using right now. And, uh, unless everybody is trained for radio, for example, uh, that is an awful lot of editing (laughs) that just sucks. And, uh, so in person, it sounds natural and good, uh, on here, it can be a bit of a pill. Uh, Mm. but, uh, I think in general, I like interrupting, but I, I've started to notice it, uh, in, in conversations or other podcasts, et cetera. I started to notice when people interrupt. Mm. I like interrupting the new Patrick Hinlin podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, par- pardon, pardon the interruption. Yeah, I don't care if this interrupts you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into uh, your the rest of our holiday stories, because I want to hear about Tom's and uh, your Instagram living, let's uh, send a quick shout out to our sponsors. 
run for cover records. Let's start there. You guys got anything? Because if you don't, I do. I defer. Yeah. All right. We talked about they had a pretty big 2019. I don't really know what they have going on in 2020, but I think we all were. Would it be safe to say that we were all mildly to warm about their collection of releases in 2019? 100%. Yeah, wasn't mad at it. The stuff that is. the stuff that's confusing for me, I still am interested in because I I, I want to know, I like I want to know who loves that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that I look at and I go, oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, who does it make sense to? In the same way that, in the same way that like, uh, not a run for cover band, but in the same way that glitter uh, to a lot of our listeners didn't make sense. But then we heard from the listeners that it did make sense too. And, and right. that, sh- that shit is always interesting. So uh, I'm kind of, uh, uh, the, the run for cover, I won't call them oddities. Unwrapping. I'm, cer- I'm certain that they sell more records than, than me. They're not odd, but like the, the stuff that I don't know, I'm curious. Right. Right. I was going to play foreigner. I want to know what love is. I want you to show <laughs> me, but you know, uh, so with that said, <clears throat> I'm going to go back in the hat. We recommend it a lot. It's my favorite record on Run for Cover from last year. It's the Barry's Berryland LP. Um, I gave it to my sister for Christmas because she wanted some records. So I bought that. I was thinking about it. It might be a nice idea to suggest to people who like music or who are involved in the subculture world, etc. One present. Give one present that is music or whatever to your weird nephew, niece, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, just one. It doesn't, and you know, I wasn't giving my sister the, you know, the never in a game LP, but the Barry's LP, I think she's actually going to like. So uh, go check out Barry land, check out their new records. I'm curious about this Georgia Mac. I believe it's called pleaser LP. That's mm. just coming out. But um, if you go to runforcoverrecords.com. Go to the web store, put some stuff in your cart. <clears throat> Tom, what what's the code that you enter? Axe to grind. And and what do you do with that code? You have to spell it out. Mm, you get 15% on everything at the Run for Cover Records store. Uh, I know. Great for them. All right, guys. We got a couple other sponsors. I'll let one of you choose who we're going to shout out today. Uh, so... Uh, let's shout out closed casket who has, uh, uh, who got, uh, what it scooped as they say in the, uh, news business. Mm. Uh, they had a release, uh, coming that, uh, so well, secret. Uh, this is, ha- this has happened, uh, to me in both comics and, and music. Um, everybody can find out everything because there's always a leak in the form of, uh, some overseas, uh, uh, e- either Amazon affiliate sort of thing or, or a, like store that goes through something that uh, is getting this stuff auto loaded to them and it goes right. up early in some way, or you can, you can search the term in Amazon and find it that way. There's always some goddamn like I found out that there was a kid who had all this self defense material that wasn't released and it, it, he was going through, I, I, I don't even fucking know, but like it, it, you can always get scooped. And right. uh, 
closed casket got scooped on an acacia strain record uh, that they got coming out uh, that was announced by the French before it was announced uh, officially. So oh. um, I got uh, no idea what the hell the name of that is, but uh, it, it is coming out. Uh, it is it comes in waves uh, is the name of the record. It comes in waves. It comes um, in waves. You got uh, it's it. Gra- that's graphic. Um, so uh, it, it's uh, acacia strain is is not my thing. I should say, I guess. Um, that said, they've been really good uh, to Drug Church, uh, and uh, the dude in the band that I interact with is cool as shit. And uh, it is a band that has significant crossover into hardcore in a way that I wasn't really aware of (laughs) until relatively recently. Um, But it is heavy enough that it really appeals. And there's people that, that really claim that uh, Acacia Strain at one time were the heaviest band going. And if you ignored them, then it was, uh, uh, that's, that's your bad. I think they were an entry point for a lot of people. That's true. And I think they're the one band of that ilk that you don't have to be embarrassed to still like. That might be the thing. Maybe, maybe that's nobody's saying they like the Muir. Nah, Um, I mean, they sold hundreds of thousands of records. One of you, you you bought it. (laughs) But I feel like because Vincent's like a hardcore dude at heart, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think people are less likely to be like embarrassed about liking, you know, or that being their entry point. I find True. the band, I f- pardon me. I find the band uh, pretty interesting in this respect. Um, the music is serious, heavy, etc. The band itself doesn't take itself very seriously, and that is very appealing to me. Uh, but. And apparently it's appealing for their fans because they got a lot of loyal fans, but I've always found it to be one of those um, dividing lines where there's people that need everything to be deathly serious. And then there's people who are able to uh, realize that all of life is a joke. Fuck it. And uh, they fall in the latter category. They really do. So like they've got a music video that is like so goofy that it's appalling and but to their fans, that makes total fucking sense. Yeah. And yeah, merch. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, <laughs> I, I did ask. I think it was Portland. I did like six minutes, like it was a stand-up bit of just listing uh, fucking acacia strain uh, uh, shirts. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they, the guts that they have to put out no. some of those shirts, people buy them. <laughs> but I guess no. not like a straight like. This is an acacia strain. Like, there's nothing. I don't think they have a shirt out there that's just like. Everything's everything's a wrestling shirt. Uh, check this out. When when I was talking about this on stage, I people were just yelling what they I said, what's the classic Acacia Strange shirt? Like what's the one everybody knows? And and people were yelling, The Call of Duty, Pickle Rick, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like Hannah Montana, like all these ones that like (laughs) because Bob, I don't know if you're aware of this. They basically they'll sell shirts so fast and their fans are so with it that, right. like, that, that they'll just be like, Oh, is there something topical? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they'll just put their name on it. Yeah. Like, they don't change it. It's like a picture of Hannah Montana and it's just like the occasion. Wow. Yeah. It's, 
It's brilliant. It's funny. The more Why I not? Think of yeah. it, the funnier it is. But like, here's the thing. So like, uh, I, I, some of those like noise, like the, like the the stuff that would have been on AMREP fucking 15 years ago and is now just kind of floating in the ether on smaller labels. Don't know who to tie it to. A lot of that stuff would do well in hardcore, I think, except it's, it's, uh, it's self-effacing and it makes fun. It, it, it can laugh and right. Acacia and that's alienating to a lot of hardcore kids and maybe not the shore. I, the shore I got to give credit actually has a better sense of humor, but yeah. the, 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 uh, so. but Acacia strain <laughs> falls. Um, that's right. Acacia strain, uh, not noise core, but like whatever that shit is, like fucking proto death core, heavy, whatever the fuck that is. What do you uh, want to label no, it? Right. Those kids like to laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Got I can't, right. yeah, I can't knock that. So everybody check it out. Somebody told me that the last Acacia strain uh, record was what uh, some fans really wanted. So uh, after they, I guess, I, you know how this always goes. When you got a long career, you have your, your record that's like a little, too traditionally metal and then people step off because that's not what they came to you for and then you do the record that's more in the vein of what people love you for whatever i think nope. uh talking uh to uh, uh closed casket c ceo slash cfo uh he's a c-level uh, executive over there um th- that uh uh this is what people are going to want so if you're an acacia strain fan this was my long spiel check it out check it out go to closedcasketactivities.com enter the promo code Axe to grind. Tom, spell it out for us. A-X-E-T-O-G-R-I-N-D. Thank you Not so bad. much. Look at that. Uh, Tom, how was your how was your Christmas? Did you do anything nice? Um, well, someone asked me, like, did you do anything good? I'm like, I went to Jersey. <laughs> so <laughs> like, well, I, pivoted, I pivoted from good to nice, you know, because uh, spending time with family can be nice. So Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the placement of the holiday in the middle of the week kind of sucked. Hmm. Like I had to be back to work the next day, which is kind of, um, but yeah, it was really nice. It was cool. I got to see all my family. Um, yeah. we got to do some wild shit. It was fun. Nice. We did hook uh-huh. back to my mom. How about you? I, uh, it was good. Christmas Eve was the, let's see, family type thing this year, thankfully. Uh, because then Christmas day, we did what is, I think, the way to spend it, uh, which is just being at home. And it was just me and Amanda and Easton. Easton is six years old. He uh, opened all his presents and then got to play with them all day. And we just kind of hung out, which was That's just the about the right. Yeah, I think it's the move. Remember as a kid, like, we, you'd open your stuff, you'd be like, all right, now we're going to your aunt's house. It's like, fuck, right. I just opened Sucks, sucks, and so yeah. the opportunity to do it the right way, really, really nice. So uh, yeah, pretty. And then today is kind of been a continuation of that. Tom, I feel for you because you have a serious job that is important and good for people, and it te- it's telling because you had to be back at work today. Many yeah, people who have me. right many oh oh many people who have the less important or like cube jobs. Or, you know, maybe they screen print or whatever. When they work in entertainment. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> They're closed until the end of the new year. Yes, correct. So they get the week off. So the midweek break, it's like, cool, cool, cool. But well, we're going to have off Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. They're not going to make us work Monday and then have off the rest of the week. So they'll just give us 
basically a 10 day vacation. We'll come back next Thursday, you know? So yeah, not too bad. Pat, what about you? You got, did they, did the, the chalk factory give you some time off or? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The, uh, the, the typewriter uh, assembly plant uh, gave me uh, a a full uh, 12 hours off of the, off the line. Um, Do you have any, do you get a good gift for Christmas this year? Uh, I got, I got exactly two gifts. Mm -hmm. I got, uh, a pair of Adidas shower shoes or what the kids call slides. Slides. Okay. Uh, right. Slides. Yes. I'd never really heard that before this year. I don't know. Stop, if that's dude. I've been calling them slides for 20 years. Yeah. But I, to me, they're hideous things that I don't wear. Like, I think that's a goofy apparel. I don't like it. So I, I, I have no, I have no real contact. That would be like talking to me about well, like, is there a slang for Crocs? I don't know. But, uh, <clears throat> I got that and then uh, antifungal uh, body wash uh, because uh, apparently what this was, this was all about keeping, I'm, I've been going to the YMCA and this is all about keeping me uh, not bringing back fungal uh, infections to uh, uh, my mother's house. So uh, you, can, that, you can get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. You can do whatever <laughs> you feel. Yeah, wow, precise. Like a, it's like a Bing Crosby, like you're having utilitarian Christmas. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I took a, I, I, t- I took a photo and put it on uh, Instagram, and pe- people, uh, no comment or anything, and people were just hitting me with, "It's a Christmas miracle." Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. But Don't bring back athlete's foot. That was pretty much your Christmas gift. Yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, so, to anybody who's like maybe 17 and just heard what I said and found it very depressing. Uh, let me just give you like a little, uh, idea of, of, uh, where you're going to be when you're 130 like me. Uh, that's an awesome set of gifts. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't anything I got, I got all adult stuff. Yeah, I was, I was very excited that I didn't have to pay for, I'm going to say it slides. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Um, wow. What about uh, that other? Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was speaking more of a less tangible, fungible gift that you were given, but I don't know if you want to talk about that. Was I given? Uh, do I have an STD? What's going on? Here? The gift you got uh, today. The gift you oh, got today. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have people, so, we have people uh, who are invested. Of, That's the only reason. They, I'm they, yeah. That, you know, no, for sure. Uh, so to those that are, uh, have been well wishing or, 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 uh, uh, supportive uh, of uh, the fact that uh, my father's parole was coming up. I uh, got news today, uh, which I don't know it, when the idea of keeping somebody in the dark over Christmas, I guess only makes sense because uh, he was one of a few guys that went up for parole and imagine being denied parole uh, right before Christmas, probably spikes suicide rates, et cetera. So, uh, so they didn't tell him. And uh, over Christmas, which I thought was a little inhumane, but then I started thinking and started thinking about the guy that might have gotten denied. Right. Um, but uh, he, my father, was not denied. Uh, he was granted parole and uh, will be seeing the outside uh, in in April, God willing. Let's put uh, so, if we have sound effects, use them now. Like yay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, that's very exciting. Uh, and, uh, I look forward, uh, I should be back, but should I be back by April? Yes. Uh, so, so I'll be, I look forward to chilling with him. Uh, you know, he just wants to watch. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) 
he's a simple guy. He just wants to follow, like probably looking forward to pitchers and catchers. Yeah. You know what? Let's, uh, let's find out when he's going to be out and we'll get him tickets to a Yankees game. Oh, and Hawaiian nice. bread or Hawaiian rolls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thank you to those, to those of you that, uh, have ri- uh, written me with nice comment. Uh, appreciate your support. So Frank will be on in May. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have him as a guest. He won't know what, is, what am I talking into this? What is this on the radio? Uh, he has because podcasts are so popular. Uh, he has asked me, like for for guys incarcerated. Uh, so what does this guy need? He's talking about doing a podcast. Uh, oh wow! I was like, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe you guys can listen to uh, you know the Double Murderer podcast. I mean, there's uh, a there's a podcast that's done. Um, in some like maximum security prison in Colorado, I want to say. Okay. <laughs> all by the all by the love. Oh. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. They pull it off. Like, I'm sorry. They they're able to pull it off. They're able to record a podcast in prison. I forget what it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all legit. It's um. Oh, okay. Fuck, it's on. I can't remember what podcasting like. Um. Whatever. Um. Like WNYC, one of those like uh, uh, one of the NPR stations, yeah. Not Stereo Lab. What the fuck is the other thing? Um, uh, 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 yes, something Lab. People yelling <laughs> at us right now. Yeah, right. they are. <laughs> um, okay, uh, and and uh, what you guys you guys got switches and and uh, and, and fungal shampoo as well. Uh, I got a switch for Easton so far. So good. He enjoys it. He was, if you want the real story, he's, we don't, we didn't do a ton of screens or like that kind of stuff when he was young. So we do a little bit more now and he, he doesn't watch a ton of TV. He watches TV, you know, but not, not all the time. There, there are six year olds who watch TV all the time and he, I'm, I'm glad he's not one of them, but uh, we got him it. He was actually, and I, I, I say this, because I hope it reveals like how different people can be. He was almost shy to ask for it. He really wanted it, but he's also so not used to playing video games. He's nervous about it. So okay. it's been nice. He, he, he really likes it. So he, he, we've played it a little bit so far. And I think he's uh, getting the hang of it. How I much got, have you played it at night? Uh, so far, none, but, but you know, I got, I got four games. I got, uh, Pokemon game that's just for him. Mario Kart, you know everybody can enjoy Mario Kart. Uh, Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe or something, which side-scrolling Mario. That that's for him, but also you know I'll play that. And then Zelda Breath of the Wild, which you know like that's for him, but I think I'll probably I'll probably end up manning the controls on that one. You got to get an NBA 2K like for after you know after nine o'clock play. Oh, please believe that's that one's for the PS4 though. So. Yeah, sure, I, I'm going to get that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, yo, you guys want to talk about hardcore? Let's do it. Sure. I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm like halfway. We might as well just do all Christmas talk, to be honest. Um, so we're going to do a little thing. Let's do this. We, we don't got quick hits. Do, we probably got quick hits, but let's skip quick hits and do a new thing called One Thing. Uh, <clears throat> which is where we discuss one thing that we've listened to in the past week or just recently. It could be new. It could be old and give it a little shine, a little attention and some thoughts on it, be it good, bad, or indifferent, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and you know, we discussed this a little before, but do you, what do you guys want to go? 
Um, I've been listening to both records by The Baby. The Baby. They're great. Yeah, people love The Baby. I I liked the 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 one video where he was like the FedEx guy. <laughs> no, that's a good video. That's a good. No, he he was like uh, fixing something the whole time. Uh, I like the song. It's it's you know what like I'm a little older and a lot of the newer rap misses me. Yeah. Um, just because I'm used to like fucking you know Wu Tang and not you know. People, I mean, it's pretty much dudes singing to over like auto tune. It's not great. Um, right. But the female rappers today are a lot better. Like Megan Thee Stallion, fucking you know, whatever, whatever. But this, uh, he put out two LPs in a year. Mm, respect. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, wow. And he's like, you know, super clever. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I just it's like a fun listen, and that's kind of what I was looking for in you know in these trying times of the holidays. The <laughs> baby met your holiday needs. So it really did. I see a lot of women saying, "The baby, please have you know, give me a baby." But what musically is it more? Is it more of a modern feel, or is it no. more kind of throwback, kind of like a it's harder? Kind of like I mean, throwback to like if Ti is a throwback. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. okay, all right. I'm with Ti. Or, or I, I'm going to go one step further and say that if you enjoy uh, some Nelly party jams, you could definitely like the baby. Oh wow! Okay, fuck yeah! Yeah, right. I mean, he's pretty much like. There's a song, like one of his hit songs, like the chorus is like, don't let me take a picture with your wife because I'm the type of kid that fucks the babysitter. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Um, super funny. And now well, um, women before kind of, you know, loved him because, you know, he's a good looking dude or whatever. Good but I guess Good his, body. His, yeah. His nude got right. Nudes got leaked. Oh. And people were like, like legitimately freaking out about it. So I think he's even, I, I saw the photo. Uh, oh, I, I like it. Now I've never, I've never sat on a big, so big old penis oh. like that, but I'm going to say that uh, as, as, a, wow. as a, as a visual thing, Looks as good. a visual thing. Uh, well, I like, I don't know. I like like a cartoonish penis where the, the head is sized appropriately. All but when you're as, when you're as big as the baby, mm-hmm. the head almost looks kind of small mm-hmm. because you're you're long and you're thick and all that, and and uh, the head almost looks kind of small. Now, uh, you know these long are small. It, well, these are very minor gripes, I should say. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sh- I'm sure it's a good dong, but this is just if I had to critique it. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it's menacing. It's a it's a it's a real contender. <laughs> so and he's a little dude, so it must just look like. Oh yeah. God! Got a, it, it, it. No exaggeration. If he's as tall as I suspect he is, probably about five uh, six. If I yeah, he, looks, he looks short. I've seen the videos. He looks short. Yeah. So that. <laughs> so so it's not touching his knee, but it's mid mid thigh. I would guess. Mm. Good on him. So Tom is saying the baby, good music. Pat is saying the baby, good dick. And that's what I'm saying. And you know, it's a little bit, a little bit of something for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Not at all. Um, PK, what you got? Uh, okay, so we don't want this to be uh, my own unreleased music, right? That that would be a cheat. 
So no, we're not uh, going to go from the baby dick talk to your own masturbatory conversation. Yeah. So so instead, I'll say uh, the choke the choke bore record, uh, anything near water, mm-hmm. uh, which is I I want to say 1995. It, it is uh, it's a lot of music. Uh, it is. Um, if uh, I think some of our listeners are choke bore fans, uh, but largely a forgotten uh, a kind of noisier act. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I would put it is if um, if if unsane and Jawbox uh, were a band, so oh. you're getting that kind of like aggressive ugliness, but you're also getting uh, some of that uh, uh, kind of highly likable. Yeah, tuneful. Um, you know, uh, are we talking handsome? Yeah, like the rhythmic stuff that. Uh, no, it's maybe not as so handsome. Let's just Which be square. Somebody. Sorry to, sorry to members of handsome that listen. Um, it, um probably it, hands, ha- handsome is mm-hmm. a good uh, quicksand stand-in. Does that fair? Sure. There doesn't will be, mean that they don't got tracks, but ooh. it just means some tracks. Yeah, they got a couple tracks. It but just no means standing in for quicksand. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no disrespect. This is not that. You, it, if, it, but there are some quicksandish sort of moments. But they're they're. Sure. Um, uh, it, I would say honestly, may, maybe instead of saying uh, "unsane" meets "jawbox," "unsane" meets. Uh, the discord catalog of that era. Uh, And and, uh, it makes for this really fun, um, not wholly unpleasant mix. Very good. All right. And I was revisiting some stuff from more recent times. And I, I actually ordered the enforced at the walls LP and got it a while back. Shout out to war records. And uh, I was listening to it and I really, Really like that band. I think that, I, I fumbled that by not putting that on my top list. Oh, it's a great record. It's really good. Yeah, and on re-listening, it's it's metallic. It's got a lot, but it's it's got a lot of hardcore. It's not you know when no. I listen, when I listen to them because in my head I'm like oh this is crossover, but it's it's got a lot of integrity. Um, as Amanda said when I was listening to it, she said I was like oh so you don't you don't hate this, and she's like no I I like it because it sounds like hate breed and I like hate breed. And, uh, I just hadn't thought of that because it does have some moshy stuff and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made the hate breed comparison, but I thought that was a cool insight. Um, and I don't know, I really, I was, I was listening to it on a deeper way and thinking, you know, this could play alongside stuff on a heavier side, on mosh side, on the more metal side, obviously they've done that a bit. So I'm, I'm very curious to see it, and I, I hope more and more people I, – I mean, I think people are catching on to it, but I, I was really excited on my re-listens that it's holding up so well. Yeah, they're doing that tour with Red Death. Yep. Well, and, well, and they, they share a bunch of members, so so that's kind I'll of cool. Thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so looking forward to what they got going on this year. But, uh, yeah, one thing. We're going to do this because our goal for 2020 is – there's there's going to be a lot more music, and you're going to always get more music from us, but more 
deeper looks at music, not just more music, more, 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 not just, not just quantity, but quality here. So doing it. Yes. Yes. There we go. Thank you for your service. uh, Desk chair. I'm getting you're out of here. Okay. Um, how do you guys feel about cleaning out the mailbag a little bit? The mailbag. Like the baby. It's a mailbag. Let's hit it. All right. Uh, going way back. <clears throat> hey, guys. Was looking through my records tonight and came across a few splits that I hadn't listened to in a while. This got me to think about split releases in general. So I have a few questions for you guys about slips. splits. Do you guys think splits are important today's hardcore scene or just something for collectors? Were splits ever an incredibly popular or important thing. What are some of your favorite splits? And then somewhat related, how do you guys feel about split releases on labels? Love the podcast. Thanks for all the hours invested. Much love from Cleveland, Vladimir. Thanks, Vladimir. So what do you guys think? Uh, Splits, are they important in today's hardcore scene or just something for collectors? I think they could be important um, just because... If I like the band, you know, the band on side A, but I've never heard the band on side B, mm-hmm. you may give it a shot. Incendiary did a good job with this early in their career with a series of splits that I think exposed people who already liked Incendiary to the bands on the split. And then for their B side or A side counterpart, uh, helped expose Incendiary to them, you know? So it's. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's a good example of a way it can be important. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would say that they're not just for collectors. Are they, are they important speaking plainly? Maybe not, but they can be a way to expose people. You know, it can, you can yeah. use that as a way to get out to a totally different audience. If you just kind of have a limited range, PK, what do you think? Uh, I think some scenes are still married to them. Like Screamo still likes them a lot. Uh, I think at one time they were rather important and are no longer at all. Mm. Uh, That doesn't mean that they're not worth doing. I think that they're cool. And I think that there's a way to make them uh, germane. It it basically, Mm. I don't think anybody's going to find a new band because while vinyl sells through for a lot of people still, it's not the primary way that people find things. Uh, and a lot of times if people are just searching for you, they're going to like on a, uh, a, a digital, uh, streaming platform, uh, they're going to just listen to you. They're not going to give it. So uh, the way that I think that you could make the most of doing a split is just to, uh, make ho- hope for the best from two, two bands promoting one thing very hard at the same time. Okay, can I and, can I throw a thing out at you? Oh, please. Finish, 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 finish. I apologize. Uh, and I think I think in that way, uh, you can make a a split uh, totally meaningful in the respect that you have double the the uh, kind of attentive uh, promotion to it. Uh, so um, I, I just saw Porcupine is doing a, a split with Prowns. Now I don't follow Prowns on social media, but let's say that I did. That would mean that Porcupine, a band that is uh, uh, pretty pretty on it about promoting themselves, mm-hmm. uh, let's say that I followed both bands, and then I followed a couple friends uh, th- that are also about it. Basically, what I'm saying is, 
it could appear that uh, this is just the record of the year that everybody's talking about because I'm getting so much of it in my feed. Right. And, and I think that's where it has value because if, let me actually just posit a question. Um, some of these records that only had one day in the sun this year, uh, but are totally decent records or good records. Right. Uh, if they had been splits, uh, with both of those bands that only got one day in the sun apiece, pushing, uh, (laughs) pushing them, maybe it could have gone a week in the sun for both and go on. No. Okay. I I mean, I appreciate that point. I think that's a good point. I, I like the idea, the, the, because you're right, we're seeing lots of stuff that gets one day, two days, a three day span that they hit everybody's Instagram story. They hit all the social media feeds, talk, 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 and then it's done. So maybe, maybe you squeeze the lemon and you get two days or you're hitting more timelines. What is a split release that came out last year that you can think of in hardcore? Let's use just hardcore. Mm. Hardcore and punk or hardcore Jason, you know? Um, yeah, I'd have to think about it in my head. The Florida bands did this, but I don't, I can't think of, I can't think of what. Okay. Are you ready? So this is a good example because it's twofold because it's not just, there's more than one reason I don't think it's coming to mind. Um, there was a split put out by maniac and seat of pain, uh, both bands who I think we collectively, are fond of definitely all aware of and like at least one, if not both bands on that split. Right. Sure. It was a split release and there was no physical. Mm. So I agree. I think it went, it got out there, but it fizzled really quick. Tom. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to say something. I apologize. No, I said, was it a split release? Was it really a split release? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it Well, so that's the thing, right? Because the idea, okay, so you did a split release, but there's no there's no split. You know, there's no physical to make it. Like, hey, this is moving the files to another person, you know, like. Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a collective single, right? And it's yeah. the lack of there being that tangible thing that exists where hey, here's the Maniac stuff and here's the Seat of Pain stuff. And those are two bands I actually like. I really I really like Seat of Pain and I, I like Maniac enough. Um, and I, I'm more excited to see what Maniac does next. Like that's what I took of the Maniac release from last year was I was like, oh, I want to see what this band does next. And the next thing they did was a split and it essentially washed by me. Yeah. Um, so it's it's so interesting to think about how can splits be positioned now and moving forward so that they're exciting or that they can grab some zeitgeist. I, I do agree. I think your point, Pat, was well made. The idea of trying to kind of, uh, you know, instead of just being one dolphin, you've got two dolphins. You're in two-player mode on Echo the Dolphin and, and putting the pings out there. So that's good. I, I think also the example of some a band like Incendiary is perfect that in the modern era, we know that people discovered Zabalba who were just Incendiary fans, and we know that there's in, people who discovered Incendiary who had previously been just Zabalba fans. So that's you know, you know a cool idea. Were splits ever incredibly popular or important? 
I don't know that I would use the word incredibly popular or or very important. But I mean, the basic one is one of the most famous splits, uh, one of the most famous records in hardware. Absolutely, and and I think like it's such a important is a hard word. They were much like compilations, another way to tangibly and intangibly get yourself out there to people who maybe wouldn't have discovered you if you were just on your own, right? Yeah, for sure. So so were they ever incredibly popular? Well, Faith Void, super popular. I can't think of many other splits that were super, super, that are given like classic status. But, but I think that they're certainly, I mean, uh, the reason End of Year got signed was because of their split with 315, just so happened that you put a good song on there. Tom, I, I can't tell you how many copies of the Indecision Shutdown split I've seen in my life. You know what I mean? So many. Well, used and new. <laughs> There's just a lot of them. They're, they're out there. So, you know. Um, you mean Rick Mike didn't do just one pressing? <laughs> <laughs> just one pressing, just one cover. You know, man. Right. Yeah, of course. No color variations or anything. Nah, man. Nah. Um, man used there as a placeholder for the word he would have used, really. Good. (laughs) What are some of your favorites? Oh, go ahead, Pat. Uh, some of our favorites. Oh, I'd have to, I'd have to really fucking think about this. Um, because now with everything being uh, an MP3 on my phone, uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, uh, splits I've owned over the years, damn. Uh, I'm looking at one that's, I don't own it, but it was a topic of conversation the other day. Uh, Rent America, Polestar split. This came up in a live stream because we've talked about Rent America on this podcast, correct? Mm -hmm. That's the one that uh, screamed about the worms, you know? Oh, right, right, Uh, right. Okay. uh, So famous story, everybody. I thought it was more than Music Fest, but somebody that might not even be true. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the screamo band that like it, people use it as an example of how hysterical the nineties were that this band was not about veganism, but was on crying on stage about worms that are stepped on or run over, uh, d- d- after it rains. Um, right. so, so uh, now was that uh, parody? I don't think so uh that those guys went on to be in uh uh face down and shit i guess um anyway they, they uh point is uh sc- that's a screamo band that's a screamo split and i still see the screamo labels that i follow on social media still seemed committed uh to the split release so uh i i don't know i'd have to really think about my favorite splits um oh uh, what the first one I ever owned was the hate breed split with, uh, neglect, neglect. neglect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can see the cover in my mind now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and is, was that uh classic? I don't know if I'd call it classic, but, uh, <laughs> it made an impression. Yeah. Uh, for me, I like the 10 yard fight fast break split mostly for the fast break material. Would I call it classic? Definitely not. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Faith Void is classic. I do like it. I like both sides. It gets a lot of talk. Um, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain for other big ones because it's not like 
there weren't that many big time New York hardcore band splits, you know, at least in the golden age and even, even into the night, like there were some in well, through the nineties band started doing more of them. And then AF did a bunch late in their career. Um, Murphy's law did a few, there were other than faith void. There were no DC splits. I mean, don't talk to me about the mission impossible lunch meat split. Uh, I was I wasn't gonna. Uh, oh, good, thanks. Um, I mean, yeah, there's. I liked them when I was young. You know what I mean, and I think that's the mentality you should put on a little bit. Is the idea of discovering bands from them was cool. It was neat to do that. Um, oh, uh, what's the classic? Um, Infest PHC. Like, but can I remember any of the PHC side? No, 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 man, none. So, so that was the other problem with splits was that if one band brought it and the other band just didn't. For sure, yeah, Tom. Uh, uh, It just wasn't on your, you know. One of my favorite splits is the Poacher Diaries, and I because it's got two of the best conversions. You know, it's got. Mm -hmm. Two of the best converged songs, excuse me. And uh And and you've never heard an agoraphobic. And agoraphobic news lead is on the other side, right? Yeah. Um okay, so the, you know what that side. Never played. Yeah, zero spins. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are the Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. The the dead death death wish dead man's hand series they were doing a cool thing with that um indecision yeah, record suicide file hope con yeah suicide file hope con blacklisted who's the split blacklisted did with terror no first blood. first blood that's right um the incendiary suburban scum split is good mm-hmm Okay, guys, I know on the face of it, this is not going to be a topic that you want to tackle necessarily. I would like to, at some point, try to understand First Blood. I, I'd like to have a d- deep dive on First Blood insofar as a deep dive can be done. I think, we're, I think we should. I think we should do some weirdo, left, far left the field deep dives. We're going to do Paint It Black this year. We'll do, we'll do First Blood too. Why the fuck not? First Blood is so confusing. <laughs> 
Uh, all right so uh the philanthropic rise victim split is really fucking good maybe the best material from victim so uh really good there's some good there's some good stuff out there um the further you with that spaz yeah spaz 25 to life right miss spaz uh 25 to life i have a monster x split with somebody Hmm. uh uh monster x devoid of faith no yes yes The further you go into like the crustier side, the more likely you are to get good stuff. So, um, the tear it up ETA splits pretty good. Uh, somewhat related. How do you guys feel about split label releases? All right, we'll we'll move right to that. Split label releases. So when you know, for example, uh, the Free Spirit for yourself seven inch was released on Locking Out and Triple B. The Fiddlehead Springtime and Blind was a Locking Out and Run for Cover split. Blind Justice LP was Flat Spot and Edgewood. How do you feel about split releases on labels? I think it's too many cooks. Strongly, I, yeah. Bob Bob has always been on record as as not a fan. Uh, I know this from uh, when when Bob was uh, my man at Revelation. Uh, I, I personally don't have any problem with it. Uh, I, I I understand where all these things could be a problem. I. You know, putting a record out doesn't need to be rocket science. Uh, you'd think that a, a, a couple dudes could pool their fucking uh, $1,500 together and, and put out a good record without any hassle. Um, but uh, I guess the problem would become if somebody hoped to see a return. Uh, and in our, <laughs> current, in our current space, I don't see any way that labels could make their money back doing uh split split release format. I would see it as only a, a method of, of uh, harm reduction to their pockets. Uh, I wouldn't see it as a, uh, as a vi- yeah, I wouldn't see it as a viable uh, business decision necessarily. Yeah. Collapse record dealt almost exclusively in split label releases for a while because I was broke, but still liked good music. And so, uh, yeah, that, you know, as someone who's against them, um, it can be too many cooks in the kitchen. It can be a pain in the ass. And you know what? The, the only, especially in 2020, the person, the entity that loses the most is the band usually uh, because you just don't, you also are the, you know, you're no, nobody's number one. You're, you, you, at best, you're a half. And that sucks. Mm. Right, and there's too many. It's there's too much of a diffusion of responsibility, yeah. and the it's never going to be a fifty fifty split. Uh, vigorously shaking my head in agreement. Very very well put. So splits, maybe we'll talk about it more. But uh, send in your favorite splits. It's probably some good ones. We're completely blanking on. Yeah, I, I'd be curious about the ones that are totally slipping. War zone cause for alarm. Mm-hmm. There are probably a lot of splits by lost and found. Yeah, um, almost certainly. <laughs> Where they basically just took good songs and were like, "Oh, we're going to put these three songs on this side with this band's other good three songs." Split, right, ignite, and exacto, ignite, and exacto. Right. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's move forward. Uh, we got a quick non-core one to to break it up. Dave asks, "Rank fries, as in French fries, uh, or, or freedom fries, depending on what part of the country you're from." Regular, like a McDonald's type fry, shoestring, curly, steak, or waffle fries. So we have regular, like McDonald's, regular, 
shoestring, curly steak waffle. Curly waffle steak shoestring McDonald. Okay. Wow. I like that. PK. I'm going to go surprise regular. Boring. Um, followed by, fo- very closely followed by curly. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by, uh, what else? A waffle mm-hmm. followed by, uh, shoestring. And then you're putting steak at the bottom. I'm putting steak at the bottom. That's just a potato. My G that's not, that, that, <laughs> you, that's not a fry. No, you're getting a bad steak. If you get a good steak fry. Oof. All right. I will go curly, good steak, shoestring, waffle right no i'll go regular waffle because if you get a the floor on bad waffle fries is really low if you get a bad waffle fry that thing's it's like eating uh toasted cardboard no thanks need a lot of ketchup for that good question all right let's go to the next guys i organized the questions today for this be real ready this is a real deep one tommy asks Getting right to the mailbag cues. Rain one, reign supreme. Given their ties to and the pod's reverence for blacklisted, I was wondering if you all got any stories or thoughts surrounding reign supreme. Oh yeah. Personally, they were a gateway band into the Death Wish world that I think have a track or two, Iscariot. I believe Jay has spoken before about taking pride in being a gateway band, which is awesome but they also had an air of violence and mystery surrounding them that held them back from fully achieving mass gateway status. Also, probably too concentrated on their streetwear aesthetic than the substance of their songs. Hmm. Okay, Reign Supreme. What do you guys have thoughts? I dug them. I think Jay had a sick voice. Um, I feel like... As good as it was, as as great as it was, or as good as it was, it didn't stick as much as I would hope. Um, you know what I mean? Like I could listen to a full record and be like, "That was really cool." But if you name, if I had to, like, if you were like name three parts, I don't right. know if I could. Yeah, uh, that dude nailed it with uh, Iscariot being uh, perhaps the banger. Uh, this I've gotten yelled at a lot because oh. <laughs> I have a, a, a Syrian hot take. Uh, you said Syrian. I was like, what is that? I have a Syrian hot take. And this is why oh, I get yelled at because it's a very political position. I have, yeah. <laughs> which, which, Let me which tell you is, about Wayne Supreme and Syria. Here we yeah, go. A, a very controversial show. People were like, is it right that he's, that they're playing for this vicious warlord Assad? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think in their in their prime, uh, Reign Supreme was one of the best live acts of of the moment. Uh, I think that they uh, everybody that accused them of being hate breed or like a hate breed style. Be- okay, so let's get into this real quick. Uh, and 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 uh, Bob, you are coming in a little loud. I'm just uh, looking yeah, at you. Yeah, I'm gonna right I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, talk a little quieter. Um. So, so, so okay. Here's the thing. In my view. Uh, I know that there's a lot of affection at this moment uh, with FYA around the corner. I saw a lot of energy around the Moshcore show that uh-huh. is uh, uh, the pre-show on that, right? Yeah. So 
I think it's on Broken Wings, Black My Heart, all the stuff that people called kind of in the hate. Like at the time, people were calling that hate breed music, right? Does everybody remember this? Everybody was saying, oh, it's just just hate breed. Um, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I think if you go back, uh, yeah, right. If you go back and listen to that, it's doing its, it was its own genre and it wasn't hate breed. No, it was just moshy and people didn't know what the hell to call it. Exactly. Throwdown was hate breed. Reign Supreme is coming much closer to hate breed than any of that music ever did. Uh, And I think that Reign Supreme ultimately doesn't have enough tracks to, for, I mean, you know, you could make a, you could make a really cool EP out of their best material, but ultimately doesn't have tracks. The, however, in their prime, they were a fucking great live act. And I enjoyed seeing them a lot. Weirdly self-defense, maybe at that time, end of a year, uh, played, played with them on more than one occasion. Wait, say that again. Uh, so self-defense actually ended up playing with rain Supreme. I wouldn't say often, but more often than you would ever think yeah. given how different our sounds are. Oh yeah. And, um, <laughs> uh, it, it was, uh, so I saw them a number of times and, uh, enjoyed them. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I would not call myself a fan in the traditional sense, but I got a lingering respect. Uh, so for anybody curious why Tom's being so quiet, he was temporarily booted. I'm going to get him back. Oh, on you're while, back we'll, we'll, okay. I'm going to get him back on while Bob does a little talking. So I, uh, for the background, I think the rain Supreme material I've heard is ranges from good to not my thing, but highly competent. And I haven't heard all the records, but the early EP, I think it's, what is the first EP called, Patrick? Do you remember? Are you there? Uh, I am here. Something uh, violent. Is it not? Oh, is it not self-titled? Uh, hold on. It's something um, violence. Oh. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up while you do this. Um, so, so I really I enjoyed their early material, and it was as if they could have been the biggest band in hardcore in the like, you know, more straightforward world. The the world of bands who would play. This is hardcore, Sound and Fury, etc. They and they live really put on. Um, I'll also preface this by saying I've known Jay since the late '90s. Um, he's originally from the town just south of where I grew up, which is really cool. And um, yeah, like uh, he was a good friend, and he did bands back then that were cool. Uh, he did a band called Inside Fight. He did a band called Rise Above. He did a band after that called The Thin Line Fading. Uh, and then he went on to Blacklisted. And there was, a, I think he was in a band in between those as well. A couple. But he really, you know, uh, was a talented dude. And when Rain Supreme started, it just seemed like they had a lot of momentum and could go anywhere with it. And I don't know. I, I wonder about the direction that they went and if people were on board for it. But they had such an, you know, what 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 the dude emailing. So Tommy, what you were saying about uh, an air of violence and mystery. I wonder if anyone who knows those dudes, like Pat, you know them enough. Would you would you call any of them violent dudes? Not at all. Uh, right. What's what's interesting about the. Uh, uh, 
like Jay is a, uh, like he's worked on his body quite a bit. He's kind Big of like, dude, uh, yeah, yeah uh, really put the work in. He's like a personal trainer sort of dude. Um, uh, but, and that can be, I guess, like have a, have a vibe to it, like a hyper masculinity sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, those aren't those dudes really Not like those all. are like, those are like almost gentle guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, like, but, but at the same time, someone from the outside saying they had an air of violence and mystery. I, I don't know that I would totally disagree, but it's hard because knowing them, like they're, they're thoughtful guys. I think, I think that kind of came through with the, the recordings and, you know, so they are an interesting band and we can kind of, we should actually talk about them a little more uh, because they do have some really fascinating stories. Uh, so rain's uh, up. Rain's up. Interesting thing about rain Supreme. Um, and I guess this is where it goes with bands that don't necessarily have tracks. Um, that band was a shirt band. That band was uh, visible, highly visible. Uh, and then when they stopped playing, it kind of all went away and uh, you could say the same thing for something like outbreak, you, you know, like you could say the same thing for a lot of acts that uh, mongoloids to an extent, uh, yeah. things that were super, super fucking fun live. Yep. And then uh, it, 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 the people aren't bumping it, but I should say that all those bands should still keep a web store because eventually you're going to fucking, people are going to think about the fun that they had at your fucking shows and buy your shit again. True. Yeah. No, I think that's the that's the crime of the merch band when the shirt comes first before the music. When the music when you stop playing and people stop having a fun time at shows, uh, they got nothing to live. They got nothing to buy the shirt for. Um, so they you're, you're really running on nostalgia at that point. Uh, Rain Supreme, they're interesting. There's probably a bunch more stories and information. I feel like when they pivoted, they turned into a different scene that was much larger and never quite found footing there. Is that safe to say? Is that, is that fair to say? I I don't think it's just fair. I think it's highly accurate. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, and, and I don't think they regret what they did. And I think that's kind of the credit to them because I think they always knew they were going to be an odd fit wherever they were. And they were kind of okay with that. And I think they kind of embraced that too. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Jay is, is such an interesting fella in music because as you said, he was doing different bands for so long, uh, yes. black, bl- blacklisted. Uh, so if you like the early, like, like the earliest of blacklisted material, um, you like Jay's writing, you, you know what I mean? And, and, and Jay can write a fucking hard song. Yeah. Uh, and, I, he's, and we I, should mention the band he's in now. Oh right, it's with the uh, it's with the counterparts kid, I think, right? Uh, yeah, and and Will uh, Putney, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The band yeah. is called End. Yeah. Yeah, Jay plays bass. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Big so and, and and Tom, did I misread that, or is Jay doing vocals for Shy Halud on their Euro tour? He's doing it in Euro and the and Furnace Fest. Oh God, we got okay. Big episode. We got to talk about Furnace Fest, man. Uh, Bob, it's going to be fucking torture for you, but, but we got it. Like, as the shit gets announced, it gets crazier and crazier. Really? I'm sure Tom will confirm. Oh, it, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the band that's going to fill a fucking place that like Fugazi used to play. It, okay. Yeah. I, right. I, Tom, I, I've, I've got a suspect 
it, it's uh, the nostalgia monster is, okay. is going to fill that fucking space because they are getting every band that actually used to play it, which oh, is absolutely. such a weird strategy. I can't tell you how many people are like, so is uh, Most Precious Blood playing? <laughs> the last time we played there didn't end so well. Yeah. Oh, All I right. mean, it ended, ended great, just uh, maybe yeah. not what they were looking for. No, no. Okay, so I, I just Googled Furnace Fest 2020. Um, all right, it looks like I see Beloved, Boy Sets Fire, August Burns Red, Shy Halud, Hopes Fall, Haste, Few Left Standing, Further Seems Forever, Life in Your Way, The Beautiful Mistake, With Honor, 68, Living Sacrifice. Is that your band, Pat? It yeah. is. Oh boy, misery signals and Zao. I mean, for that kind of for the the crowd that is hoping to draw, that's a band. banger lineup. There's banger some, lineup. There's some bands on there that draw. Like August yeah. Burns Red is like shockingly popular. Oh yeah, really big, really really uh, big. But also, I mean, misery signals really popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the forever popular as fuck. Hmm. <laughs> You know, so I mean, they'll come through with like a fucking no one is a victim or one of those like really big Christian bands. I bet I don't know. Like back in the day, it was written run by tooth and nail. Yeah, uh, but Bob, when does it say this is taking place? August. Uh, like, yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> right, you, want, you want to hear something insane? September eighteenth and twentieth through twentieth, twenty twenty. I'll probably be touring, but I, but I would fucking go. That's what I was. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you would go. Okay, and I yeah, Evergreen Terrace. I don't know if I said them, but yeah, no, you didn't. He, he, okay. Here's a here's a weird phenomenon, and maybe you guys uh, could help me uh, psychoanalyze if if you would. Um, so some of these bands uh, are actual. I like these bands. Like I, the first three Zao records, I think are fucking awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of what else you said that I think is oh uh, living living sacrifice yeah. fucking at least two good really good records. Um, now does that mean does that mean I want to see metalcore played by like like maybe guys who haven't been keeping up maybe aren't, <laughs> maybe aren't in the right physical condition to do that? You think uh, they're on the treadmill right now? Uh, if they were smart at all, they'd be on the treadmill. Um, but uh, okay. uh, it, 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 uh, it, I would, it might be a disaster. Um, it's running on nostalgia and that's always a risk. Um, but for some reason, I find this more of a fun lark than if I was going to see maybe some of the more traditional hardcore bands sure. that, I would, th- that I would go to see. And I don't know why that is exactly because I, I should make it really clear. I have respect for some of these acts and enjoy them. So there's no real difference, but for whatever reason, there is a bit of a difference. Like, I don't know what it is. Like I would go to this in the same way that some people are psyched on emo night. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and that's not my energy. I usually hate nostalgia. That's what I was going to say is it's going full nostalgia. Like whatever they do from here, is so interesting to me because like, does it even matter if they put more modern or more relevant bands on like, or do they just lean all the way in and like 
because you're right, this is essentially the equivalent of metalcore night, you know, like metalcore weekend. Like, like now that's what I call metalcore 2020. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a 20th anniversary one-off. So I'm like, does it make sense to bring fucking restraining order? Probably not. No. Or, yeah, or like, you know, the biggest, like, uh, sanction. Like, are there people who are playing, who are going to this, who could be exposed to something like that? Sure. But will they, are they the right people for it to matter? I don't know, you know, or would it be terrible? Would it be like awful for a band who's new to have to open that show? I don't know. Right. I think that this, I got to imagine that, um, this is going to be like a true high school reunion for some. Oh, Oh yeah. Uh, and Tom, uh, this is in uh, Alabama. Is that correct? In Birmingham, yes. In the oh, small yeah. furnaces. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, I I love Birmingham. I would go just to hang out for a week. Well, there you go. <laughs> like, uh, so okay, maybe everybody will see me at fucking furnace fest. Um, like oh, fucking for sure. <laughs> well, this is this is where you have your opportunity to do your crazy metalcore band. I don't know oh. why you're not doing it. This is you. You have a window now of like two months to get it together and go full, <laughs> full. Uh, what's the label you're always talking about? Um, whatever. Go full, full. Oh, tribunal. Tribunal on this thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't want to be on tribunal, but but. Uh, yeah, it is time for uh, my insane uh, metalcore band. It's just the problem is how do you make it um, like how do you make things more insane than kids have already made things? I I saw uh, a CU Space Cowboy the other day, right? Yeah. And like, you actually went to a show. Thank I you, did. Me, Tom. Yeah, I know. I was so surprised too. Uh, do you know what got me? Um, they they tweeted at me and I was home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no excuse. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I got, I gotta go now. Um, and it was fun. Uh, uh, it's really like kind of a throwback for me in some ways. Cause it was at the fuse box, uh, which used to be the QE2, which, um, I've been to plenty of times since, but, uh, when it's kind of like, kind of like the mu it's when it's a very similar music to the music that I used to see there as a kid, Yeah, it, it, it it's a total fucking mind fuck. So, uh, see you space cowboy totally fascinating band that we should talk about in greater depth at some point because i i met some of the kids cool dudes i didn't get to pick their brain on this i don't know if they know that they are making a very strange 2000s stew that like so here's my question and, and none of you guys can answer it but you could take a guess to somebody who is 25 right now is that era that, that that band is borrowing from, which to my ear is converge is Zayo is like some of the tribunal acts, maybe a tiny bit of prayer for cleansing sort of stuff. Um, Does it bang or is it lame? No, not that, not that. No, 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 not that. (laughs) But does it, it also has this kind of, blood brothers aesthetic that was never associated with the style of music that they're playing. 100%. Now what that's a fascinating mix to me where that's like playing twee and using 
uh, crust uh, uh, imagery. So you're saying like sass and presentation, but mosh and execution? Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and, but it's all of it has a bit of a throw, like to my ear and eye have, have precedence. It's not like it's like a new sassy and a new mosh. It's like, these are pulling from things that are very highly recognizable to me. Right. And it's so fascinating that like, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that sometimes eras just become one thing to people like, okay, Rolling Stone, Rolling Stones and, and the Beatles to my ear are completely different. I don't even think about them in the same way. Um, but I'm probably in some ways in a minority there. Do you know what I mean? Like I bet many people put those things together sonically, even though sonically, I think that's where they're most different. It's the the trick of time, man. It's the trick of time. It's, and it's the hard part as someone. That's the the new Zelda. Yeah. It's the trick of time. Uh, no more ocarinas. So it's the idea that things in 1998 that seemed like they were 4,000 miles apart to someone in 2019, 2020, 2018, 20 years later are like, yeah, like this and this. And you're like, wait, wait, no, those aren't the same thing. But, but we're, who's wrong? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's like, wait, were you just too deeply invested in like not seeing that you were parsing grains of sand or is the person now trying to equate false, you know, things that are very different? Yo, uh, the kid that was listening to insect warfare wanted nothing to do with converge in 2020, same kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so yeah, I, I, I think on some level, uh, it's uh, it w- it was worthless like t- tribal parsing at the time yep. and kudos and kudos to the kids that can uh, that don't have those barriers so in some ways it, that's, I was that's like what's interesting is that they're taking these things and bleeding them all over each other and going see I made a new thing with these old things and the only real difference was that you know you guys made the, you guys made you guys built the fence between them. Yeah, I, I I found it fascinating. Also, they put on a good show, so uh, uh, shout out to them. But it it, it uh, I don't know how we arrived there. Oh, uh, throwback stuff and and uh, uh, like, furnace fest. <laughs> yeah, furnace fest. Uh, you go into Spa- a show. CU Space Cowboy sanction. Uh, there's certain acts that the current acts that would do like quote unquote do great, but that's on paper. Reality, no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Reality, don't bother. Quick question. When was the last time you went to a show at the Fusebox QE2 that you were not playing before last week? Oh, must be five years or more for sure. Because uh, mm. I, I, I played there maybe a, a year or two ago, but I uh show that I just went to uh, could be more than five years. That could mm. be Um long time. Okay. Second question here from this guy. Very different. Motion sickness, not a band. Curious if anyone has secrets for dealing with motion sickness on bus, train, public transit, or travel anxiety. Since you all are experts, any cheat codes? Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Okay. Um, uh, So so I I travel with people that uh, uh, I don't suffer this, but I'm in bands with people that do. Um, Don't bother trying to read. 
<laughs> you right. know what I mean? Uh, it's like poor, poor fucking Mary in self-defense, uh, literate woman, uh, can't enjoy shit on tour. Right. <laughs> she'll, she'll just, she'll just start throwing up. Um, the, the, uh, I would say uh, do the stuff that everybody would advise you to do, which is the second that you start to feel unwell, uh, you pick a a fixed point on the horizon and you don't deviate your eyes from it until your stomach calms itself. Um, That's just like seafaring shit, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, I I, I would urge you uh, a lot of motion sickness. My understanding is uh, comes from your visual experience. So uh, focus there first. It's unlikely that you're getting motion sick exclusively because of motion. Uh, So just train your, train the thing that you have control over, which is your eyes. Yeah, that's good. Work on non-motion in your line of sight. Um, let's do one more and wrap it up. We've been, we've been running for a minute and we'll make this an easy one to close the year. Let's see. Not that. Okay. This is a nice question. Um, and if I read this before, please excuse me. Dan asks if you could erase the vocals off an album or particular band's discography, who would it be? And who would you replace them with? Uh, he gives a couple examples. He gives a couple examples. So I'll, I'll read this. Uh, I'd go with Smashing Pumpkins. Imagine Siamese Dreams with Walter Schreifels on vocals. That'd be amazing. Hot take, Age of Quarrel. John Joseph's the weakest part of the album by far. Replace him with Ray Capo, and you've got one of the most perfect records of all time. I think we just hit one of the most insane comments of all time. Go uh, on. Well, and, and then, so while you guys think, I'll, I'll finish. Uh, he said last week, episode, Bob, and he can show you, this is a little old, not that old, though. Uh, Bob mentioned something about doing the podcast. People know st- stuff about you without actually knowing you. Maybe think of the previous weekend when I was in town to see 108. During the weekend, I met up with Rich Miles, first time ever, A to G's Building Friendships. Shout out, Dan. Cool. Oh, yeah. And he, nice. he, he invited Pat to grab food with us. As we were walking and I was having a conversation with Pat, I realized that if he was talking and I wasn't looking directly at him, it was like I was listening to the podcast. Kind of <laughs> weird. Kind of weird, but whatever. Super nice dude. And as, as I replied to him, uh, great question, da-da-da, Pat is a super nice dude. Just don't go telling people on the internet that he has a reputation to uphold. Fact. 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 So, Um, okay. Um, Vocal deal breakers was the title of this email, which is great and, and almost like episode worthy, but let's start here with the, 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 the nut. Hold on. Let me cut one of you off. Is one of you scratching a record right now? Is one of you DJing? It sounds like a beard. Okay. Like a beard against a microphone. What, what 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 do you do me a favor? Ta- pay attention. I think my editing task is going to be really hard after after yeah. hearing some of the scratch thing. Oh, um, beard. <laughs> oh, there it is. Do we do, can we ID it? Hold on, everybody. I'm I might keep this part yeah, in for. I'm going to mute myself for All the right. action. Okay, I'm going to mute. Okay, so uh, Bob, do me a favor. Talk. I want to okay. see if you, can you hear me. What what's going on? <laughs> Tom's definitely guilty. Oh. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the microphone. Uh, it might just be your mic. Uh, you're are you, you're talking. You're the you're the poor bastard that's speaking into like a like a like a little fake ass mic, right? No, I don't even have a mic. I'm talking into my iMac directly. Oh God! Oh God! All right. Honestly, so, um, for it, you sound really good. I I have a <laughs> I, I'm using a USB mic that I stole from Patrick, who stole it from Andrew, and uh, it's it's like okay, I guess. 
I mean, my mic is literally on the backside of the monitor, so there's no way I'm touching it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm just going to edit what I edit, guys. Uh, let's think about it. Let's think, so, yeah, fuck it. Vocal deal breaker. Is there uh, a record if you could race the vocals off an album or an entire band's discography? Who would it be? I'm looking through my through my records right now to see through my MP3s yeah. <laughs> right now to to uh, to see if there's something that jumps out. But I think the reality is that because maybe because I'm a vocalist, it's such a breaking point for me that I, I don't know if anything with bad vocals stays. Do you know what I mean? Like I think I just delete it <laughs> if I don't like the vocals. Um, so I'm finding it a little hard to find an answer to this. Do you guys have one that jumps out at you? Hmm. Do we go Ray Capo over Tommy Carroll? You know, the Tommy Carroll, I would say, is not as good a vocalist, but he's got so much personality in there. It's hard for me. I, I would still keep it. There's a lot of people who would say take Ray Capo off those records. A lot of people can't stand a that. A lot show. of people. You but, put Don Brandon uh, in Youth of Today. Oof, oof, oof. Wow. I, I would like it a million times more. Uh, but uh, hold on, uh, Bob, what you just said, we've talked about a little bit, but it can, can you guys speak to the fact, uh, maybe for our younger listeners, how in and out of vogue Ray's voice goes? Like, there's it goes from, years yeah, it where goes people... Yeah, it goes for like several years where it's like, that is it. And not just that people like it and people enjoy it and espouse it, but that people are trying to do it. And then you know, fast forward eight months and everybody wants to be as far as possible away from it. And it's so like, it's distinct. So it's always going to have that effect to some degree, but him in particular, like uh, uh, the the years that kids hate it, they really fucking hate it. (laughs) It's really intense. Okay. So I've got one, the cramps. Oh, that's not wrong. (laughs) I don't know who I would replace it with, but man, I mean, I don't know what I would replace it with. I'd have to think about it. But if you just gave me a little, something a little more interesting, you know what? Crass, the vocals on some of the crass stuff really get me. And if you give me somebody who's more ripping, if you give me the dude from Extreme Noise Terror singing on Crass, I'd be pretty amped on that. All right. I think that's uh, a wrap. Let's call it on this one. All Great right. Uh, be good, everybody. Do it to it. <laughs>